This is Academically Speaking, a podcast hosted by Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean of UCF's College of Undergraduate Studies. It features inspirational stories from the college's faculty, students, and alumni about the transformational power of education. Hello and welcome to Academically Speaking. This is Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, Vice Provost and Dean of the College of Undergraduate Studies here at the University of Central Florida. And with me today for our podcast is Representative Anna Escamante. Anna is a bold fighter for Florida families and everyday people. Born and raised in Orlando, which we don't normally see from a lot of people. A lot of us are transplants. Uh, She's the daughter of working class Iranian immigrants who came to this country in search of the American dream. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, Anna went to public schools, the University of Central Florida, and is a nonprofit professional currently seeking her Ph.D. in public administration. She ran for office as a first-time candidate in 2018 and uh, flipped a legislative seat and is proud to serve as a state house representative for District 42, winning both her re-election campaigns in a landslide. That's impressive. (laughs) She currently serves as the chair of both the Orange County Legislative Delegation, and the Florida Legislative Energy and Climate Caucus. A track record of kind sacrifice, endless hard work, and ironclad values, Anna is known across the state and nation as a leader who is unbothered, unbossed, and committed to the people of Florida. And, and I have to say that unbothered and unboss is, is, is speaking to me um, and, and thinking about uh, the late uh, Congresswoman Shirley Chisholm mm-hmm. and her leadership and her service to this country in that role and what it means to stick by your guns and to hold your values. That, that is absolutely impressive. But I'm going to take a couple of steps back just so that we can get to know you a little bit. And talk to us about why you chose uh, interdisciplinary studies as a major and with an emphasis or a concentration in women's studies. Talk to me about that. I would love to. And first of all, Dr. Barry, thank you for your incredible leadership here at UCF. And um, it's such a pleasure to share space with you and to highlight you know, how the College of Undergraduate Studies was a big part of my life and my professional journey as the leader I am today. And so when I got to UCF back in 2008, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to study, to be honest. So I I started first as an environmental science major. I really care about the environment. As you can see in my my work today, you know, climate policy and energy policy are an emphasis for me. But I I realized as I was studying some of these really focused STEM classes that I, I enjoyed the content, but it wasn't something that I I wanted to continue as, you know, being tested on. I wanted to know it, but I didn't feel like the focus for me was that path. And at the time I was minoring in political science, I had an amazing AP government teacher in my local high school that inspired me to care about government. And so I I I thought about it and I I researched the grad the undergraduate catalog and I said, "Okay, 
I'm going to change my main, my, my minor to a major. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up the room for another minor. Mm -hmm. And women's studies really was appealing to me. My mom passed away when I was a young girl, when I was 13 years old. And she was one of the most selfless, kind, and, and, and just passionate women you would meet. And yet we didn't have a lot of money in my family. And yet she was still so selfless and giving. And I'm a firm believer that death may end a life, but not a relationship. So I want to get to know my mom's life better and her story better. So I started reading a lot of literature written by women of color, about women of color, specifically also the immigrant experience. And it helped inspire me to want to learn more about the women's movement. And so that's why I picked, you know, women's studies as that initial minor. And I just fell in love with the coursework. And because I had some AP credits from high school, I was able within four years to actually considered having a dual major program. So when I realized that the there was an interdisciplinary studies track on women's studies, it was the perfect fit because I was already minoring in this coursework and I figured, well, let's turn that minor into a major. And um, so began my journey in what they called undergraduate studies as well. Excellent. Thank you for sharing your story. So tell us a little bit more about your UCF experience <laughs> in general. And some memorable times as a student here at the university. Oh, my gosh. I mean, UCF is, without a doubt, my home. It'll always be my home. My dad actually went to UCF and, oh, wow. yeah, graduated in 1994. My brother graduated around 2009. And then my twin sister, I came here in 08. And I did my master's following my undergrad here. And now, I'm, as you know, I'm getting my PhD also at UCF. So... I believe black and gold, but I, I think what's really uh, special for me is as a child, I would come to this campus with my, my parents and there's actually photos of me um, and my family having picnics, you know, in front of Reflection Pond. And I would run through the library looking for kids books, which were never to be found. But I, I, I have a, a deep sense of just nostalgia, I think, about the campus environment, but just my growth here as a student was monumental. I, I really focused on academic performance, without a doubt. And in fact, I was the top undergraduate of the College of Undergraduate Studies oh, wow. upon graduation on the platform party. But my academic experience was complemented by my activism. And I, I do think about the students I registered to vote. We registered 12,000 students to vote by my senior year, That just that one year when I was um, a leader with the College Democrats here. Um, we also would host different events and activities to uplift the political efficacy of students so that when we were experiencing, for example, challenges with Bright Futures, students knew where to turn to for their energy. It wasn't, um, it, it, it was constructive to say, hey, if you're upset about Bright Futures getting cut, here's the folks you need to talk to, right? And so we really took a lot of pride in just educating students um, on their political voice, on how to, how to vote and why it is important to vote. And then I would, I would see the connection between what I read in my classroom to what I would see in the community. So, for example, one of my highlights of my undergraduate work was volunteering at Dress for Success. And Dress for Success is a nonprofit organization that helps specifically women make a tailored transition back to the workforce. And the whole point of this nonprofit is it's hard to get a job if you don't have the interview clothes, but it's hard to pay the interview clothes if you don't have a job. Right. So they provide you with that wardrobe, right? And, and so I started volunteering there when I was – 
studying women's studies and um, majority of the classes in the program are, are service learning classes. So you're required to have that um, experimental learning, yeah. but it also kind of puts you in a good networking opportunity, but also it opens up your eyes. So I would read about the challenges that women face when they are um, exiting the correctional uh, institutions mm-hmm. as returning citizens and the barriers they would face to employment. And then I would go to Just for Success and volunteer there and meet women who had those same exact experiences, who had just come out of um, um, uh, serving time for you know a certain uh, um, criminal penalty, and now they're trying to get back in a pace of everyday life, but still facing these these systematic challenges. And and that really impacted just my my commitment to community and and gave me a deeper perspective I never would have had if it wasn't for UCF and it wasn't for these programs. So I'm 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 forever in debt, you know, to those experiences. And I, I have to tell you, Dr. Barry, I, I just took a tour just for success um, a few weeks ago at their location, the West Oaks Mall, and mm-hmm. it was full circle for me, you know, to wow. walk into this boutique um, as now a lawmaker when I once walked in as a as a undergraduate student at UCF. So it's it's pretty it's 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 not only just a cool moment, but it it speaks to how you know, the emphasis that UCF has, the emphasis that this college has on on student experiences being more than just a textbook and really trying to ensure that there's a, uh, a foundation of learning that goes beyond the classroom. Excellent. So one, you talked a little bit about your, your mother and, and, and your twin sister and your dad and all this family of individuals who had the experience of being UCF students. Um, but your family has faced some adversity too. Right. Um, how did that shape who you are today? Well, even when my dad was at UCF, it was very challenging. I mean, you know, my dad was getting a degree in electrical engineering while raising three children, working full time as a waiter. Uh, my mom was working at fast food restaurants, eventually at Kmart. Um, so we we always faced a lot of challenges financially. I would say the only times I ever saw my parents argue was over money. Are we going to be able to pay things on time? And, and that was a stress that I, I saw my parents carry their, their entire you know, lives together. And I say together because, as I mentioned already, my mom unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer when I was about nine years old. And after a long fight, she passed away. Um, and that is a pain and a trauma that you will never actually overcome. You know, my sister has a really beautiful metaphor. She says that there's always a hole in your heart, but your heart just gets bigger. So the hole feels smaller, but it's still there. And, you know, moments where you least expect it, you know, it pours out. Right. And so I have to navigate that every single day. But I but to your question of, you know, how does it impact you? I, I'm a firm believer in, in finding power in pain and in honoring those no longer with you through your actions. So my mom was this incredible selfless being. So I, I want to be that selfless person too. I want to reflect the values she shared with me in the 13 years that I knew her through everyone that I get to meet. And so I, I, I take that responsibility very seriously. And um, she is my guardian angel. I believe that firmly. And um, I'm lucky in that way, you know, to have someone that's always watching over me. But it is, it definitely is challenging. I grew up really fast. Um, and so I didn't have the typical childhood that a lot of parents have with their children. I mean, when I decided to go to UCF, I didn't have a college tour. You know, I, I didn't have the kind of, um, you know, let's go visit campuses. You know, I 
my dad was not able to come to my graduation. I mean, it's just all these um, differences that I, I think a lot of um, a lot of families take for granted, sure. you know. And I didn't have that, so I also had to build a chosen family mm-hmm. because my actual family was not always able to be there for me. Sure. So my twin sister and I are incredibly close with our brother as well, but we have this really strong network of people that care for us and we care for them. That, that maybe I wasn't born you know, next mm-hmm. to them, but um, I feel like we're we are each other's keepers, and I'm I'm lucky to have that too. Truly, absolutely. So what advice, given your experiences as a UCF student, given your current experiences as a lawmaker, what advice would you provide to our current students? Oh, man, I, 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 there's so many things I wish I knew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, as, a, as a student, my, my first thought is it's, it's, it's really important to ask for guidance, but also trust your gut. And you're going to know what the right answer is. Of course, you know, seek information, seek mentorship. But at the end of the day, the decision is yours. And that's that was part of my journey deciding what to major or minor in, right, was I asked for guidance, but I also really trusted myself to make the right decision. Because you have to make a decision that's good for you. Yeah, exactly. To that point, you know, my brother, um, <laughs> being Iranian-Americans, were – we're kind of told, you know, you, you got to go into either being a doctor, engineer, or maybe a lawyer. A lawyer is like, you know, <laughs> tier three. So the pressure is heavy. The pressure right, is heavy. Right. You know, my brother started as engineering major, not because he really wanted to, but he felt this pressure and he really struggled until he switched over um, to study economics and then he flourished. So I agree. I, I think it's really important to figure out what you want to do, what your passions are, and, and obviously, seek mentorship, but you got to make that ultimate decision. And uh, with that said, don't lose touch with your professors. You know, some of my first donors on the campaign trail were my, were, were folks that knew me as a student, whether they were my, my professors or, you know, nonprofits that I worked with and, and just individuals that I was able to, to interact with. It's incredible how much that network is there for you. If I need a letter recommendation today for something, I could reach out to my freshman speech teacher, my speech professor, and she would write me a letter today. Like that's the relationships you want to maintain yeah. over time. So relationships do matter. Don't lose uh, contact with your professors. Use those office hours. I remember when I was when I was in high school learning about college. We were always told, you're just going to be a number in an auditorium. Get ready for that. Um, I never had that experience at UCF. But I think a part of it too is what you make of the experience. So in these large auditoriums, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I sat in the front row, but I was probably like five rows in. You know, I tried to stay close enough where I wasn't going to get distracted and I could also participate as a student. Um, and I would go to my office hours. I'd go see my professor if I had a question. So like these are really precious and, and, and just important times in your professional career. So don't waste it, right? Find those opportunities to really leverage it. And then finally, I would say that, you know, whatever you do in life, like nothing is going to be forever. So when I was making a decision to take my first job, like Mm -hmm. out of college, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't an easy decision, but I also figured like, I'm 22 years old. Like this is my first job. There'll be other things that come along, right? Because I don't have to, I don't have to put all that pressure on me to make the right decision right this moment. Um, and and at, but at the same time, you know, maintain those relationships. My very first boss um, to this day is one of my biggest cheerleaders. And so I think again, relationships, relationships are just so important. And 
Um, don't lose sight of that. You know, as you become big and famous, don't don't forget about the people who helped you get there, right? And right. and 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 the last thing I'll say to that point is don't have ego. Mm. Oh my God, ego is such a mess. <laughs> ego will will lead you to be so incredibly unhappy. Mm-hmm. Trust me, Dr. Barry in politics, I am surrounded by ego and there's always this little voice in your head that's like, oh, well, I should have gotten credit for that or I should have been the one in that press release or I should have been the one in the front. And it's like that voice is not really you, right? That's like society pressuring you to feel a certain way and it will it will drive you mad, you know, if you keep tapping into that. So I, I take a lot of pride in kind of just mastering the art of letting go. I'm not perfect by no by any means, but the art of letting go and helping others shine versus you having to be the one that always shines, it is it it's it's so impactful long term because that again, you're building trust with people when you're willing to say, you know what, I want you to take the lead on this. I got your back. You take the lead on this. And good leaders build new leaders. And I I and I took me time to learn that. But I do think that is such an important lesson to teach to others. So I, I have one other question and then we're going to do something really fun. Okay. Um, if you could say that there was a particular moment where you could freeze time Ooh. that you wanted to sort of savor, what moment would you say would be on your list? Wow. That is a very deep question. You know, honestly, I I would have to think about the very like simple Saturday mornings in my house where my mom would be, you know, in the kitchen. I she wouldn't go into work usually till two o'clock on the weekends. And so it was an opportunity to kind of just spend time with her. Um, she would often be writing letters to her sisters in Iran. And I remember it took about 23 days for one letter from the United States to get to Iran. So you're writing a letter um, that, you know, it's kind of in the future, Mm -hmm. if you will. And those are just really gentle moments that, again, if I could feel that again, that love again, I I would totally go back and do it. That's wonderful. I like that. (laughs) All right. So we are about to get into what I like to call the lightning round. Oh, Okay. This is an opportunity for our listeners and our viewers to get to know a little bit about you as a person. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to ask some very simple questions and have you answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. What is your favorite color? Blue. <laughs> Actually, when I was in elementary school, I used to call myself Princess Blue. Oh, that's cute. I know. All right. Favorite song? Ooh, I would say uh, uh, The Beatles and Blackbird. Okay. Yeah, which is a song that's um, reflected the civil rights movement as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm a huge Beatles fan, and, and I got that from my mom as well. All right. Favorite movie? Star Wars, A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big nerd, if you yes. can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite TV show? Oh, I would say recently. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, I have a guilty pleasure. Is that okay? It's okay. 
should we make fun of me for this one? Um, I am a huge Sex and the City fan. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Yes. I still watch the reruns and the movies. Even though some of them are so bad and like Although really I did watch the new um sort of spin-off of that. Um, yeah. um and just like that. Yeah. And that's actually really good. So funny you say that. I feel like season two was substantially improved. Yeah. But it, some parts were kind of cringy to watch, and I just can't not watch. I like kind of want to see the train these wreck. These are grown people. I Why know. can't they make a better decision? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so with you. But I'm a, I love fashion. I love oh. New York. Like I just love all the vibes. And oh. and sometimes I watch and the. I will tell you my, my the the fashion person that I'm really like envious of every time I see her come on the screen is Nicole R. Oh. Parker. Oh, she's so good. She, oh. And that red outfit she was wearing. Oh my god, I know it was. You know, I follow <laughs> her. I follow her on Instagram, no and it's just like, oh my gosh, I just, I love her style. I love just it. Phenomenal. It is. It yeah. is. So I am like, you know, it's it's one of those um, comfort shows when I'm working late at night, mm -hmm. and I need something to kind of just keep me awake. I will literally put it on, mm -hmm. and I'm not even really paying attention because I know every line, but I just, you know, have it on as comfort. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, favorite musician. Ooh, okay. I mean, I already, you know, the the Beatles are huge for me. I mean, and I've seen Paul McCartney. I don't know how he still does it. My God, he's an incredible artist. Um, huge, huge Beatles fan. I would say modern day. I mean, I, I have to give it to the Queen Bee, like Beyonce, oh, oh, always, yeah. always, always. And I mean, it's funny. I don't have time to go to concerts these days, but okay, that is... the last time I went to a concert. I know. It's just so hard to find the time, but I live through my friends who mm -hmm. go, and I'm just like, wow, like, what a queen. Like, just truly amazing. Without a doubt, one of the best musicians and artists like in, in, in American history, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I was in New Jersey on business and uh, Bruce Springsteen had just reinvigorated oh, wow. his tour because he had to stop because apparently he wasn't doing so well. And I'm like, oh, I'm good to miss that. I know, I know. It's it's so hard. You know, my twin sister, um, she's a, a big, big music guru and she actually freelances for the Orlando Weekly and she oh. covers musicians and... So she helps me also kind of keep tabs of local bands in town and stuff. And uh, she invites a lot of um, musicians that are in town touring to stay at our house. And to be clear, we do not have a big house. And I'll come downstairs and there's like this random band from Amsterdam, like <laughs> on my porch. I'm like, good to see you guys. Like, you know, it's like the International House of Escamani. It's like, so funny, but... She um she's more than I would say she's more of the music um you know expert in, in my house for sure. Okay, uh, favorite actor. Uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, without man. a doubt. I mean, I was Han Solo is one of my first crushes. Mm. I mean, I will literally watch things that have Harrison Ford in it, even if it's not like that good. Mm. But like I saw the latest Indiana Jones, which I actually thought was fine, and I thought I it had it yet. I thought I had all the recipes of what a good Indiana Jones should have, um, but I really just saw it because of Harrison Ford. I'm like, I gotta give this guy. He's yeah. just such a legend. Um, so, I remember yeah. cutting school to see Star Wars. <laughs> That's adorable. I was in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in hindsight, it was worth it. That was totally worth it. That's great. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> when you're like in like sixth grade, you're supposed to be 
you know, sitting in math class and <laughs> you're all the way downtown. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> Standing in line to watch a movie. It's like, uh. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I but look at that. you today. Look at you today. You're doing great. Although I'm a bigger Star Trek fan than I am Are Star you? Wars. Okay, oh. respect. I grew up with Star Trek as well. Yeah. I did. Respect, and, 100%. And I will tell you the new shows now. Yeah? Everything. <laughs> Everything. That's great to know. And I got I got so excited about so initially I was a little leery about there was a, a Star Trek um, Strange New Worlds episode uh-huh. um, uh, where they sang through the entire episode. What? And initially when I heard about <laughs> it, I was like, somebody has really messed this oh up my now. Gosh. What were they thinking? They're taking Star Trek and making it a musical. I mean, right. really, that's just sacrilegious, right? Right, right, right. right. But it was so good. <laughs> the minute they got started, I was like, whoa, that's wait. Wild. And that's the, wild. And it stuck true to the storyline and the characters and everything. And I was just like. That's amazing. Also, how talented is the cast where they can do all of the above? That's incredible. I'm I'm also a big theater nerd, too. I was yeah. a high school thespian. I was yeah. a techie. I did props and costumes, but I. I do no, uh, a I was lot a of stage queen. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. It was my job to make sure y'all looked good. That, and I took a lot of pride in that. So I tell you, I did my, my very first musical in high school um, was The King and I. Wow, that's a big one. Yes. Yeah, for high school. That's great. <laughs> and my parents were like, please let her get a real job. <laughs> Because they were just worried that I'd be, be like the starving artist. Right, and right. Sleeping on the couch everywhere, totally, that sort of thing. Totally, totally. <laughs> hey, you know what? I have so many friends. One of my good friends who was a um, in our theater program was on The Voice recently. Oh, wow. And his single just dropped. I mean, oh. Omar Cardona, look him up. Like, So we got some great talent okay. for the local theater yeah, scene, but it, for it, sure. It takes... Lots of preparation oh, yeah. and the right opportunity. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm out. And and then of course, when I get real excited about becoming, you know, a, a scholar and start reading stuff, <laughs> you know, my siblings are like, when are you ever going to be finished with school? <laughs> I can relate to that. I'm thinking, yeah. well, I'm not a starving artist, right? So I thought you were now. be happy now. <laughs> totally, that's great. All right, what's your favorite book? Ooh, my favorite book. Okay, one of my favorite books, this is also going to sound really, really random, is um, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. (gasps) Love that! (laughs) So The Fault in Our Stars helped me decide to like end a relationship that was very unhealthy like it literally inspired me to break up with someone you know it's a good book when you feel motivated to take action from it and john green is he grew up in orlando he has roots in orlando okay yeah and actually one of his books um takes place in orlando okay so it's really it's incredible i've actually built a relationship with his mom and with him over the years he retweeted me recently oh how cute yep i was so excited um and so that is such a beautiful book i just think it's it's definitions and and expressions of love are so gratifying and and and, and it of course you know the the book has a deeper purpose and inspiration that i 
I was I, I learned about through NPR and knowing just the the symbolism of the book itself and how it was really written for a young girl that right. unfortunately passed away after right. fighting cancer. I, I it was something I also related to losing my mom to cancer. So um, beautiful book, beautiful soundtrack. Highly recommend ten out of ten. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. I, I might need to repeat that. I just signed a new book contract. So get this, get this title. <laughs> Love and Power, Black Joy and Curriculum. That's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about this. Oh I'm my gosh, I love this. And it's going to be a combination text and audio book. That's amazing. Because we'll actually have people performing. Wow. And, and record it in the book. Yes. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yes. I have to oh, tell them where to sign up. That's yes. amazing. I'm I can't so wait. I'm so excited. And one of our very own UCF musicians has agreed to contribute to the book. Oh, incredible. Yes. That's going to be really beautiful. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to read it and listen. Um, okay. Favorite actress? Oh, that's a great question. I am so bad with, um, with celebrities. Favorite actress? Hmm. I mean, Carrie Fisher. Oh, Without it. Yeah. Like, I mean, top for me, for sure. And just... Her journey navigating substance abuse disorder and mental illness, and of course, just her like tr- you know tragic early passing. Yes, actress. Right? She's a lot of baggage to carry. I mean, she was casted in Star Wars at such it's a such young an age. age. Yeah, right. and, and trying I, to live up to her mother. Exactly, and I actually I have her autobiography as well, and it's it's so beautifully written and funny, and mm-hmm. so I mean. You know, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher, but just what an incredible human being, for sure. Favorite sport? I would probably say American football, because I grew up watching American football. Um, But I've grown to love soccer a lot over the past few years. I actually used to play um, on a soccer team at UCF, intramural, nothing professional. We were called the Angry Donkeys, because we were with the College Democrats, (laughs) Uh, we lost every game and only scored <laughs> once. I was the score, which I Yay. take a lot of pride in. Um, so I, I, I definitely am a huge, you know, any Orlando team I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. But I grew up watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My, my dad is like a huge Buccaneers fan. Okay, um, okay. My uncle is too. I'm an Eagles so. fan, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, honestly, not very, I don't watch any of it today. I mean, I don't have time. And of course, UCF football, you know, huge, any UCF mm-hmm. team I'm cheering for. But I'm definitely more of an arts person, a sports person, mm-hmm. candidly. Um, but if, if I watch a football game, I can describe to you what's happening, which uh, that I feel like is an important gift when I'm in spaces where we're just talking about sports. Like, you know, in legislature, most of my colleagues, like, sports is their love language. Right. So you got to have to be able to, like, you know, adapt to these different spaces. And luckily, because of my my dad, I, I can I can uh, I can adapt to those environments pretty quickly. All right. One last question. Favorite thing to do on a rainy day? Oh, on a rainy day. I mean, my first reaction is like, get yeah, work done. But I'm going to try to think of more <laughs> self-care if I, if I allow myself. Um, I mean, I really, I really do love just like reading a good book. Like, like reading a, you know, a book that I have stacks of books that... I buy and I'm like, I'm going to read this and I never do. And so just trying to catch up with some of these, um, 
simple pleasures that you can find inspiration in. And so I, I think just like relaxing and, you know, find the time to do that. I'm I'm also an avid cleaner. Like I any I hate clutter. Same time I can kind of just like spend time going through my my closet and throw Oh, I things. do that every six months. Yes. It's, it's very my oh my God, it's so rejuvenating and figure it, out what's missing, what do I need, what do I get rid of, what haven't I worn in a year? Yes. <laughs> that you can like bring back. You yes, know? Yes. yes. You kind of forget how much clothes you have mm-hmm. that you just could reinvent. And right. so I love doing that too. And that's a, that's several hours of a project. I I don't have a big closet, but I have a lot of clothes. So, <laughs> so taking the time to to do that I, yeah. is is also really good. And you know, finding things to reuse. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have some dresses where buttons are missing, and I don't wear them. But if I have time, I'll fix them and mm-hmm. you know put those theater skills to good use. So, right. yeah, awesome. totally. I am gonna thank you so much for joining us today and engaging in this delightful conversation. You are a joy to talk to. Thank you, Dr. Perry. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening, for li- for paying attention, for watching, for engaging with us. I'm Dr. Theodora Regina Berry, and this is Academically Speaking. Have a great day.